0: I would invite you to go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. As I said earlier, we're continuing in our series called Made to Flourish, and today we're going to continue looking at this system of belief. We've already said that we have a root system where we're connected to God and others. We began the series in Psalm 1 where we have this Beautiful picture of the person who meditates and delights in the law is like one who is planted by streams of water. So we're working on these systems of flourishing. So we have that root system of connection and we've, we have looked uh, last week at, you know, this, this trunk that gives us a structure of our beliefs. We spent, uh, spent a little bit of time in Psalm 119 and the first couple sections of that to to begin to get a picture of what it means to have our lives shaped by the Word of God. Today we're going to look at a passage from 2 Timothy 3, which is the Apostle Paul writing to his protege, young Timothy, and it's a time of conflict, it's a time of um, kind of false teaching and all these things, and it's a letter to Timothy that's going to say, hey, here's how Here's how you lead the church. Here's what matters. Here's what's really critical. And he's going to give this particular section, and I'm going to read from it, and then we'll, uh, we'll make some application. 2 Timothy 3, I'm going to read two sections, uh, beginning in one. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, I'll jump down to verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning. We come in humility as we sit under the authority of your word. Lord, I pray as we bring our different concerns, our different challenges, our different doubts, our different pains into this place, that your word would guide us this morning. I pray that my words are clear, that they're helpful, uh, that they're true, and above all, that they bring you glory and honor. I do ask that you burn off whatever doesn't do that. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be our teacher this morning. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Three truths about the Word of God this morning from this passage. I'm going to lay these out, and then we'll, we'll, we'll break them down. The first one is the Word of God filters what's coming in from the outside. Secondly, the Word of God structures and shapes your life on the inside. And then third, the Word of God supports our influence on the outside so we've got an outside an inside and a back out the first the word of God filters what's coming in from the outside I would invite you to think about the word filter for a moment some of you when you hear the word filter your first thought may be the furnace filter did I change it does it need changed Coffee lovers out there, you may think of a coffee filter. Instagram people, you may think of another kind of filter. Depending on where we are generationally, it may hit you differently. I think all three senses of those words are applicable to us today. There's a filter in the sense of what we keep out and what we let in. There's the filter in the sense of what's good that comes in that we can produce that could be a beautiful thing, like coffee. It could be also that which changes our perspective in the way we see things. So in what sense do you consider this word filter this morning? Well, let's go into the word for a moment here and take you to the beginning of the passage Paul says this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Mark this, pay attention, wake up, get your head out of the sand. There will be terrible times in the last days. And he's going to give just a brutal list. And he's talking about, you know, the last days and in some ways that's, that's a reference to you know, the time before Jesus will return, and, and in, in many ways, we're, we're in, in the in-between times. We're in the already and the not yet. Jesus has already died. He has already risen. He has already, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, he has already forgiven you of your sins, past, present, and future. Amen? But there's also the, the mess of the not yet in which we are living I don't know the timetable of Jesus' return. Be careful of anybody who can give you a date. <laughs> we have crazy things going on in our world right now, and lots of people who would be presumptuous in that, perhaps. But in many ways, when you look at this list of behaviors, it's like, wow, that could connect with us today. It's been going on for a long time. But the first thing I want you to think about and to consider is how do you filter out the bad? What does that look like? What do you you think about when you look at the influence that is around us? There's a description of of really values that are in opposition to the kingdom. Interesting how it starts with Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Part of what Paul's telling young Timothy is, look, watch out. Watch out. Watch out for those influences. He'll go on in verse 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Word of instruction for us today, I believe, is to consider, to, to think about it, or have our eyes open to what are the influences from the outside that can affect us? What are those influences? What, what, are, they, what are they like? Paul's saying, look, stay away from these people. Don't let these types of people have undue influence on We all need a filter. We all need to pay attention to the influences that are around us. Paul's given young Timothy a a word of instruction about self-awareness, too. Pay attention. Sometimes there's a tension, though, between Jesus says, hey, love your enemies, pray for them who persecute you, all these things, reach out, yes, yes, and yes. And at the same time, Pay attention to those influences that are evil. Sometimes we have to be reminded that you and I are not Jesus. We can't handle everything that Jesus could handle. Now there's no hard and fast rule that's going to determine exactly what that looks like for you. But I would keep that principle in mind. What what are the influences that you need to Think about. So I'm going to go right ahead with the the action step here, and so we can talk about it for a minute. But that's simply to check your filter. Check your filter. Here's what I mean. Let me give you some questions. What determines what you let in and how you see what you let in? What do you let in? We had some fun with a song, right? What's that first song that you memorized the lyrics to? Jukebox hero for me. Standing in the rain. I won't sing you the song. But you know what? I bet I still remember every word of that song. If you came from a particular era, maybe you're with me. All right? But what's, what's that song for you? And I bring that up just to, for us to consider what is it that we're, we're letting in. What's your filter look like? Okay, one of my kids, when they were in middle school, I had them, I got really ticked off by all the music they were listening to. Parents, anybody been there? Good night, how can they listen to these things in my home? So I had my kid go through like a passage in Philippians 4, whatever's pure, lovely, all that, and then filter your music by this. Wise or not, I don't know. The response I got was, Dad, I've only got two songs left. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's at least, now we backed up from that a little bit and we, we started to say, well, how do I pay attention to what I'm listening to at least? How do I think about that? So there's the filter that says, yeah, some of these influences are bad. We just, we don't, there's no redeeming value in that. But also, how do we. Begin to be thinkers and pay attention. When you go home and you watch a football game, what are the commercials? What are the messages that they're at least have a conversation about that? What are they trying to do? Why would they have a political ad and have a dog on the political ad? This cute little puppy. Why would they do that? They're messing with your emotions, okay? So, how do we begin to have a structure of thinking, of wisdom, where we say, let's pay attention to the ways people are trying to deceive us? Now, we can get all theological about that, and that's fine, but just at a basic level as followers of Jesus, we need to be wise and discerning about how people are trying to influence us, amen? What part of your day matters in your discipleship? Is it just your daily quiet time in the morning? Is it just your prayer? No, it's every single minute, every single day. What what part matters with your kids? Just when you take them to church? No, every single moment matters and is an opportunity. So there's some things we got to filter out a little bit, pay attention to that, but also... How do we just have a good constructive conversation with good questions? That's helpful for all of us. All right, so let's go to that filter. What fuels your fear and anger? Do you have things that are coming in where you know your anger is going to shoot up, your fear is going to shoot up? you might think about what those things are and you might want to limit that, whatever that is for you. What sucks up your time and energy? Anybody ever got sucked into a black hole when you're on the internet or whatever? Even if it's just like neutral stuff, what is it that sucks up time, energy? Let's pay attention to those things. Okay, so real practical this morning. What is that filter? Check your filter. Some of you may need an upgrade on your filter. You know how you go to Menards and you can get like the, the really cheap one? It's like every, it lets everything through. Or you can get that more expensive one that's got all the folds and it's a little tighter. All right, so what's your filter? Check the filter. Maybe you got to change the filter. Maybe you need a new filter. I'll let the Holy Spirit work on you for that. All right? So that's the first truth here. Another one that I, I just want to highlight this because it's super concrete. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, Jess, our middle school pastor, was leading a, um, a roundtable discussion on technology in kids. One One simple thing she said was, don't let your kids have apps with ads. Just think about that for a minute. Because what is it? It's like, oh, I can control the app, but you can't control the ad. That's like super concrete. That may be worth the price of admission today, all right? Some of your parents out there. But it's like, okay, what, what is it that you need to pay attention to at a granular level? All right. Now the second piece here. The Word of God structures and shapes your life on the inside. Again, as we, in many ways, that filter or that exterior, that which you're letting in, it's almost like the bark of the trunk of that tree. Now, how do we structure the inside? What, is it, what does that look like when you think about the rings of the tree? How do we, how do we actually grow? What's that structure look like? Well, Paul's going to tell us in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So I want to break this passage down for us and let's talk about these different components of it because, again, it's, it's the structure of our belief First of all, it's it's from God. Scripture is from God. That sounds like super obvious. Of course it's from God. It is God breathed. The God of the universe, the creator of the universe has given us words from God through people inspired by the... Holy Spirit, not written directly to us, but for us. Now, you all come from different backgrounds, different experiences with the Word, different generations. You may face different questions and different challenges to the authority of the Word of God. I won't give you a full defense of the authority of Scripture in the time that we have, but I would invite us to consider one critical piece of that, and that's to focus on Jesus Christ. And if Jesus actually rose from the dead, if that's true, he's going to affirm that the Old Testament is God's Word, and the New Testament's going to explain everything about him. That's a good place to hang your hat on. We talk about the authority of Scripture. There's other ways we can go about that, but that's an absolutely critical piece. Now, when we say it's God breathed, it, it, it doesn't mean that those whom God inspired, their eyes rolled back in their head and their, you know, their their, their hand was magically moving across paper. He used their context, he used their own gifting, their own personality, their own style, their own language to communicate what we need to know. Some people get bent out of shape about that because there's, there's editing processes and there's translations and, oh my goodness, what do I do with all that? All right, For me, I have greater confidence in it because I know that God is working through human processes and he's working through the mess of human experience. That doesn't lessen my confidence, it actually increases my confidence. The scriptures didn't come from us, uh, they didn't drop out of the sky with, with, in gold plates, communicated through people, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If that's an issue for you, if you let's talk, let's have a conversation, let's get resources, but some of us need to wrestle some of these questions to the ground about the authority of God's Word. Some of you may have people in your household who have questions about that. God's Word can handle any questions that we have, there are good responses to all the questions. So it is from God, it is also alive. I love this from Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is alive. It can do things in your heart, in the depth of your very being. It can reveal things. It can show you things. It can encourage you. It can convict you. You can do all those things in the same day with the same scripture. It is useful. Helpful, profitable. I would add practical. It works. All scripture's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Let's look at those four for just a moment. All right? Here's what that means. Teaching and rebuking has to do with belief. This is doctrine. This is what we believe about Jesus. This is what we believe about sin. This is what we believe about redemption. All these concepts, these are our beliefs. So there's a teaching, this is what's true. Rebuking, this is what's false. This is where you're off. That's what the early church had to deal with. Hey, you're wrong about who Jesus is. The second part, though, correcting and training in righteousness. This is your character. This is our character. This is who we are. Positive and negative on that, too. Training. This is how we are to love. This is how we to act. And correcting. This is where we're off. We live in a time right now where phew, it's hard to get it all right. Sometimes we'll look out at the, at the broader world and we'll see church leaders and they'll, they may have theology that's buttoned up, but there's character issues. All right? There's an alignment project that we're all invited into to say, yes, my beliefs, yes, yes, and yes, but also my character. How is it becoming more and more like Jesus? What does that process look like? I'm reading a book called uh, Having the Mind of Christ, uh, local author, Matt Tebbe is one of them, and he, uh, he was talking, he's a Hoosier boy, so I can identify, because he's talking about spiritual growth. He says it's kind of like, and if you're a Hoosier, native Hoosier, you'll get this. I'll have to explain it if you're not. But if you grew up playing basketball in the state of Indiana, a big moment In your growth as a basketball player was shooting a left-handed layup. Because it's not if you're right-handed. If you're left-handed, it's easy, right? But you're off hand It's an unnatural movement. It's really awkward and ugly until you figure it out. Eventually, the more practice, it becomes natural and it's just what you do. You don't have to think about it. In some ways, spiritual growth can be like that. There's practices, there's things we can do where it becomes more natural to love. It is not natural to love your enemies. It is not natural to be patient with your kids when you've asked them to do something 15 times. It is not natural when you go off to college And you have that first experience of genuine temptation, and you say, No, I'm not gonna go that path. What the Word of God does, though, it trains us so eventually, that's just not me. I can be patient, I can forgive. Forgiveness, that's a whole, that is not natural. It is not natural to forgive. So as we allow the Word of God to continue. To work in us, yes, this is what we believe, this is true, and this is how it is shaping us. So back to my little basketball thing, If, if you, you, you want to know the play, you want to know the rules, yes, yes, and yes, but you got to build some skill too. It all matters. It all matters. So what's your action step here? Build a new Bible reading habit with someone else. Build a new Bible reading habit. Now, if I were really going to be nasty, I'd say, how many songs do you know that you've memorized? How many team rosters could you tell me everything about it? I could compare that to memorizing the Word of God. Oh, that'd be, that'd be just really convicting. Or storylines, I love y'all. We're in this together. I got my own challenges. But what is, what is the primary information that you are letting in that's the question and I want to suggest there's at least three ways we can go about the word first is this study aspect get a bible reading plan and follow it with somebody else I got a prayer card for you on your way out that will give you some direction on that my youngest son and I were going to sit down and do this he says you know what dad I, I need to do this I haven't done this before. I need to actually read through the whole Bible, so we're going to do that together. Ask me in three months if we're still doing it because it's so easy to say, yes, I'm going to do all these things. But there's something really critical about we are doing this together and you have permission to ask me about it. All right, the second one. Try a new scripture meditation practice with somebody else. You might do it individually, but how do you hide the Word of God? How do, you, how do you chew on the Word of God? What are some of those critical scriptures that you just have? Anybody have any difficult decisions that you're trying to make? Any hard things, and you're like, God, I need wisdom, I need discernment? Whenever I hear the like tough choice... The scripture that's on my heart is always Paul's prayer in Philippians 1:9 and 10. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may discern what is best. That is not natural to say that your decision making, your discernment is connected to love. That's a different way of thinking, friends. But when you have that embedded on your heart, seared in your mind. It's going to change things. So there's a meditation where you just chew on the word. You've got a, a word. Okay, I'm going to go over this. I'm going to pray through it. Memorization, meditation. Different but similar in the, in the fact that you're, you're focused on a few simple things. I talked last week about a simple breath prayer. <sighs> the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I shall not want. Simple. Breathing the word of God in and out. Now the third. The third piece of this. It supports our influence on the outside. Go back to that tree for a minute. Go back to that trunk. We've got a, a bark that protects, that filters. You've got those rings of the trunk that we're we're growing. We're giving structure to our beliefs and our practices. And then then we have those branches. Eventually fruit's going to come, going to hang on those branches. But we've got to be able to support it. So what does that look like for you? What's the, the, you know, Jesus is going to, I mean, uh, Paul's going to say it this way. He says, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's a why here. There's a purpose. There's an outcome. Yes, it's all these things on the inside. Yes, it's all these things that are changing. Yes, it's filtering out the bad. Yes, it's yes, yes, and yes, but there's a outward focus now there's an equipping there's a preparation we're going to baptize jackson here at the end of service and i i love seeing all these students and those who have come to say i'm so glad you're here there's a there's a practice of simply reaching out and inviting and welcoming into the community that is an outward focus that I absolutely love. But that comes from the inside, comes from the inside out. Paul will say this in Ephesians 2, verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now let me walk you through a progression here. What are you filtering? What are you letting in? Paul's going to say to Timothy, filter out those guys. Learn, learn from my example. Learn from people who are following Jesus. Right belief, right practice, The God of the universe has prepared in advance good work for you and me and us to do. What a God. There's a truth to that that we need to grasp. There's also an equipping that says, yeah, I can walk into those now. I'm I'm becoming the type of person who can do that. So the simple action step, um, I'm going to borrow from Dallas Willard, do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. What is God calling you to do today? Who does he want you to encourage? Who do you, maybe you've got to protect, but what is that next right thing for you? And then do it. Now, as you do that, you're going to need some help. You're going to need to pray. You're going to need to be in the Word. You're going to need others, but do the next right thing. That's how that tree is going to continue to branch. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. May it continue to encourage us according to your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you now to prepare your hearts to come to the communion table. When we come to the table, we are remembering those truths. We are remembering who Jesus is. We are remembering what he's done for us. And we're doing that together, and we're sharing that experience. So here at Community Church, if you put your faith and trust in in Jesus, the table is open for you. So what we do is we remember that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in the upper room, And after he broke the bread and after praying, he said, this is my body given for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. This cup represents my blood, blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. So let's pray and then the, the table will be open. Lord Jesus, we come to you in gratitude for your sacrifice for us, your love for us. While we were yet sinners, You died for us so that we could have life with you. We examine our hearts, ask your spirit even in a few brief moments to show us where we're off as we prepare to receive from you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Come now when you're ready. The table's open.